Testing, testing, one, two, three. Queuing up, getting ready. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. like a good guitar solo to start the shoe. So we're gonna do a lot of talking, or I am anyway. Went to uh Get into something forever. Controversial? Not really. Well, I will in a, a later video and uh, later in the podcast just to see if uh, YouTube and Facebook will censor something. But uh, it came up during the last presidential debate. Uh, Trump, you know, cornered Biden into talking about doing away with the natural gas uh, and oil industry. And, you know, Biden said, yes, we're going to phase that out. Um, now, how does he do that in four years? That's quite, a, a, we'll, we'll give him, he can't do eight years. Okay, uh, I don't think he's going to, I don't think Biden's going to win this election. Let me be forthright up front with you. Um, I know forthright and up front are redundant. But it's... Abundantly clear, uh, as I'll get into later, things are trending Trump's way. But uh, it's someplace like Pennsylvania, oddly enough, it's not odd if you've ever met Pennsylvania people, but oddly enough, uh, some polling... I mean, Pennsylvania still has Biden up. Um, it seems like the early vote is trending towards Democrats in PA. And now, on the other hand, the number of Trump registered, or pardon me, Republican registered voters in Pennsylvania has increased significantly lately. Okay. 
bread all being said, when Biden talked about switching to this renewable energy economy, he is talking about doing away with thousands upon thousands of jobs. Also, you've got to remember, in the very recent past, uh, the United States has become energy independent. Okay, now the United States, some of you don't know this, but we've always exported oil um, in small, I wouldn't say small, I, I don't know exactly, but we've always been an oil exporter. Uh, because for a while we had the technology and the abilities to refine crude oil uh, out of, you know, oil just comes out of the ground. It's called crude oil. And we would get it from uh, the Middle East, bring it to the United States, refine it into either, you know, lubricant oil, like uh, the oil that goes into your engine to lubricate the pistons and the cylinders and whatever and then refine some of it into you know gasoline uh, and other things so for the first time in 75 years the United States is a net oil exporter what that means is we are energy independent. We're taking our own oil out of the ground and exporting it all over the world. From Bloomberg News, this article is a couple years old, but it still rings true. This is uh, December 7th. Uh, 2018 by Javier Blas. Okay. Uh, Javier, that's a cool name. There was a, I remember, I remember, uh, anyone remember Javier Lopez, the baseball player? I think he played for the Braves. Uh, anyway. America turned into a net oil exporter last week, breaking almost 75 years of continued dependence on foreign oil and marking a pivotal, if even likely brief, moment toward what U.S. President called Donald Trump uh, energy independence. Okay, and then, shit. Okay, so as I get down, you have to subscribe to Bloomberg, and I'm not going to. Uh, the shift to net, net exports is the dramatic result of an unprecedented boom in American oil production, with thousands of wells pumping from the Permian region of Texas, New Mexico, to the Bacon, Bacon in North Dakota, to the Marcellus in Pennsylvania. Uh, that word bacon, backen, however it's uh, it's spelled B-A-K-K-E-N. Okay, it's a region in North Dakota. My pronunciation's not good. Uh, so, 
it's vital to United States national security and a place in the world stage that we be energy independent, one, and to be this oil ex, uh, exporter, two. Fossil fuels run the global economy. Now, if you're a smart Biden supporter, if there is such a thing, you would say, well, we would be energy independent uh, if we were on all renewable resource energy. Okay, I can see that argument. But when the world economy runs on oil and fossil fuels and you go away from that, okay, you give more global power because you're giving, they're making more money to countries like China, Russia, Venezuela, and the Middle East. They will become more powerful because they have what makes the world go round, oil. There, they'll be oil exporters and producers, right? Makes sense. So why would you give up your energy independence? You're not going to... They say by 20... Biden says, uh, and he won't be president in 2050, but they want to go to net zero carbon emissions by 2050. I'm sure it's possible. Um, That's 30 years from now. Uh, Some way, somehow, you could phase out the gasoline automobile in that time. I just don't know. Um, And yeah, it would be a small... What I'm about to say would be a small portion of... The automobile industry, but what about the people that are automobile collectors? I know, you know, you liberals are going to say, who gives a shit? We, we hate those people and their old clunkers. But to me and to a lot of people, rich, poor, and in between, like antique cars, hot rods, muscle cars, uh, they're, they're a work of art, They're a thing of beauty. Uh, How ornate some of the older vehicles of the 30s, 20s, uh, 40s were with, you know, chrome everywhere. And, you know, uh, (laughs) some, you know, the original horns on cars were actually a horn that you, well, you still squeeze kind of. But they were a horn that you squeezed on the side of your car. Um, you know, things of that nature that you just don't see anymore. What about all of those? What, what we pick one and stick it in a museum somewhere? I mean, you know, the American tradition of summers going out to car shows with the family. That's a small petty thing that only, you know, me and a you know, a couple million other people care about, but you, if you phase, you say there's going to be no gas, no oil, no fossil fuels produced, what are people going to do? Push those cars to the car show? 
tow them with their electric car. I don't know. Whatever. That's just something small that popped into my head. Um, also, Biden constantly claims, claimed that the Green New Deal is not his plan, but yet it's featured prominently on his website. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Pennsylvania, speaking of Pennsylvanians, I honestly think Trump is going to win the state of Pennsylvania uh, because he's winning the sign war. Then, in other words, you see more Trump signs and flags and banners, uh, store-bought, homemade campaign signs, whatever, everything. I traveled into Amish country on business the other day, uh, and I'm saying I'm seeing the Amish with Trump flags and bumper stickers on their buggies. So something going on there. And, of course, you can't reach the Amish in any kind of poll because they don't have phones if they're driving a horse and buggy. Um, the other day, I got a text message poll. Uh, and, of course, I gave you know Trump high remarks, and there were a couple local candidates on there I said I was going to vote for and gave them high grades as well. But... This, in Pennsylvania alone, you have 322,600 natural gas and oil jobs, okay? That's not including, like, the cottage industries, like the mechanic that works on the semis when they break down, the trucks that deliver the oil and the gas. That's not including the... <clears throat> coffee shop, the family-owned restaurant that runs off of the oil and gas industry. Uh, when the oil industry got big here in Ohio, you had local people opening stores catered to the oil and gas worker. They're, they're in the oil fields, rain or shine, and they need, it's a, it's a mud it, or dirt or mud field depending on the weather conditions. So they need things like muck boots. You know, that, that was like a big seller at these stores. They work summer, winter. Now in the winter it slows down because fracking involves water. And of course we know water uh, doesn't go well in the winter a couple winters ago we had sub-freezing temperatures or close to it for a few months and it was difficult uh on the gas industry but nonetheless you have all these little stores that aren't counted into this 322,000 300,022 jobs, pardon me. So, let's read. This article is from uh, Michael Tadeo. This was... Oh, that's his phone number. Uh, I almost read his phone number as the date. Uh, I had this written down. Michael Tadeo, August 1st, 2017. 
and I'm sure this number's only grown. So, the U.S. natural gas and oil industry supported 322,600 jobs in the state and contributed $44.6 billion to the state's economy in 2015. The study found that all 50 states, whether energy producers or not, continued to benefit from the industry. Nationwide, there are about 10 million uh, oil and gas related jobs. And again, that doesn't include the small business, the oil, gas, clothing stores, the family diner, restaurant, uh, the coffee shop, the, the local hangout, the beer joint, the pizza shop, the mechanic. Uh, it doesn't include all those little cottage industries off to the side that live off of the oil and gas production industry. Okay, so Biden says that his plan for uh, renewable energy and basically a, a renewable energy based economy would create 7 million jobs. So, what about the other 3 million people? that are going to be out of a job in the oil and gas industry. Remember, I just said 10 million people across the nation are part of the oil gas industry. So let's say the Green New Deal lives up to Biden's talk. He says it's been proven. He said that the, the green, the, uh, plan he has for going to renewable energies creates 7 million more jobs than Trump's plan. And we don't really know what plan of Trump's he is talking about because Trump's plan is basically leave the oil and gas industry alone and let the market drive the move to solar or wind or electric cars. Uh, like the market is driving the move toward electric cars. Uh, he Biden says he's going to take subsidies away from uh, oil and gas companies and give them to wind, solar, and electric car companies. Trump says we already do that. We already give subsidies to oil or well, yeah, oil gas, but also the industries that are. Uh, doing solar, wind, and electric cars. Um, I've heard that you can, if you can get such a government rebate on a new Tesla, that it actually makes it more practical to buy a new Tesla than to buy a used one. Uh, I don't know. I haven't shopped for a Tesla yet. But the matter of a fact is, do you undermine? the coal, the oil, gas. In fact, the, this 10 million jobs, this 322,000 jobs doesn't even include coal. So where does that industry go? You're talking about millions more jobs lost 
and again, millions of more jobs lost in the coal industry. Shoot, uh, man, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, it it may have been like, yeah, it was pre-Obama, and a lobbyist for the coal industry told me, yeah, you know, natural gas is the up-and-coming thing, and everybody's pushing to get rid of coal for natural gas. And there was a, a big thing with Democrats to want to totally eliminate coal. Remember in 2016, Hillary ran on, we're going to put coal workers out of work. That was real intelligent. Uh, so... He, this lobbyist, Mike, told me that, and it's not the Mike people are probably thinking of, I can't remember this guy's last name, but uh, this lobbyist named Mike was telling me, yeah, they're coming after coal right now, but their ultimate goal is to ban all fossil fuels. And it wasn't prophetic, it was just, it was the writing was on the wall. Democrats wanted rid of all fossil fuels. They were picking on coal. It's definitely the dirtiest. I mean, it, it puts off the most uh, soot and smoke and whatnot into the air. But the fact of it is, they go after coal. It's all but gone. Uh, very few coal-fired power plants. Uh, they're all switching to natural gas. Uh, there's still a lot of nuclear power plants, although we haven't built one in the United States in 30 years or more. Uh, but you look at the, the fact they took out coal. Now they're coming after gas. They're coming after oil. Why give up your energy independence when the world economy runs on oil, when it runs on gas? Why give countries that don't necessarily like you all the time, like Russia, China, the Middle East, Venezuela, why give them an edge and make them richer at your expense is another way to look at it. And with money comes power. You know, Biden hasn't said it, but others in the Liberal Party think it. They are going to do a lot of their bidding at the expense of our military. They say that, you know, we... The United States spends more on its military than the next 26 competitor other countries combined. Do you think if Russia became an oil power, thus making them a superpower again, they're not going to throw that money into their military and start trying to take back the old Soviet Union countries? In Europe, do you think China, which is already expanding its military, 
isn't going to become a bigger military? Do you think just because the United States lays down our weapons, which are only used, they've barely been used by Trump, they've just been upgraded a shit ton by him. But do you think these other countries are going to lay down their arms because the United States does? Chum on, people. Chum on. So that's just something to think about, you folks in Pennsylvania that are teeter-tottering. You know, we'll get to more election stuff uh, later, but the fact is... You better get your crap together because you're going to lose at least 322,000 jobs if Biden gets elected off the bat. Your mom and pop family stores, restaurants, whatever, are going to go. Fast food chains are going to go too. And those are jobs. Those are jobs. And if people can't work uh, even at a you know minimum wage or medium wage job you know car dealerships I can go on forever banks mechanic shops uh, Walmarts even you know you lose 322,000 jobs out of your economy and four, 44 billion dollars out of your state's economy and you think this Green New Deal that Biden is talking about is going to save that? I'd like to know what you're tripping on because I need some of it. Because you're, you're in you're in the ozone, man. You are out there. Alright, man, y'all. Peace out. God bless you. Pray for each other. I'll be back on the podcast with another segment, back on YouTube and Facebook with another video. Here's some guitar playing. As my dog wants to be in my face now. (laughs) No, we're not going to start that. You see, I'm doing something. Stop. (laughs) Oh, what? Do you want to play? Do you want to play? Get up here. Come on. I love you too, but you know well and good I'm doing something. Hey. I'm trying to I'm trying to save the country here. Do you want to live in a free country or do you want to live in a communist dog country? You know in communist countries they eat dogs. All right, I need to see it my way. So there was uh this quotation from Joseph R Biden uh at the end of the last debate. That we're going into a dark winter. Ooh, spooky. Spooky, spooky, spooky. <laughs> yes, it's spooky. Haley, it's spooky. I'm still wrestling with my dog here.
what the heck was he talking about? Most of you are probably thinking. Because I was. What dark winter. This is interesting. Because after the terror attacks of 2001, America conducted what was called a pandemic war game that didn't end well. Uh, this is from foreignpolicy.com. And the article reads what well, starts out with the sub headline of one simulation of an uncontrolled disease outbreak concluded with riots and the National Guard on the streets. Wow, sound familiar? Uh, this article comes from April 1st, 2020, uh, and it's by Mark Perry. The war games scenario was conducted, uh, actually before 9-11. On June 22nd, 2001, a group of well-known U.S. officials and a handful of senior policymakers gathered at Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland for a senior-level exercise that simulated a biological weapons attack, an outbreak of deadly smallpox on the United States. Designed by the John Hopkins Center for Civil Biodefense Strategies, now called the Center for Health Security, the Washington-based Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, the day-and-a-half-long dark winter, dark winter simulation was conducted and gauged how senior leaders would respond to such an, an attack and included high-level participants such as Senator Sam Nunn, who played the president, uh, Sam Nunn was a big guy back in the early 2000s, former White House advisor David Jurgen, na the national security advisor. This would have been under the Bush administration, just so you know, W was just getting started. Uh, and the retired career diplomat Frank Wisner, Secretary of State. But Dark Winter has since become a legend legendary in senior policy-making circles in Washington for a different reason. It has regularly been cited by its designers and participants as the clearest ex exhibit of spiraling stress and potential social collapse that could be sparked by a public health crisis. Well, gee willikers, <laughs> dark winter which stipulates a smallpox attack by an unknown assailant is not COVID-19 and a disease inadvertently spread a disease inadvertently spread by human contact of course but the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic bears an eerily similar resemblance to the simulation Leaders are hampered by the inability to address a crisis they hadn't foreseen. Now, wait one second here. If we did this simulation, 
in 2001, our leaders in government have had 19 years. Okay, COVID-19 is called 19 because it was created at the end of 2019. But our leaders, I've said this before in uh, conversations and videos, our leaders have known about these pandemic possibilities for 20 years. Going back to the Obama years, we had two outbreaks, three. You had uh, two SARS, you had SARS, you had H1N1, and you had Ebola. Now, Ebola didn't hit the United States as hard as it did you know, Africa, uh, and H1N1 was not, H1N1 flu, which is a coronavirus, but it didn't hit the uh, country as hard. Uh, more, 70 million Americans were sick, but only like 12 or 16,000 died because <clears throat> it was not a deadly virus. Uh, at first, we were told it was going to be deadly, but it was not as deadly as uh, believed. And because it was closely related to other flu strains, uh, a vaccine came pretty quickly, thank God. But again, millions more Americans were uh, infected by it than have been affected by COVID-19. Uh, but fewer died because it was a less lethal uh, version of the uh, flu. So anyways, back to this. So our leaders have known for 20 years and administrations and governments have come and gone. And nobody did anything to prepare us for this. I mean, come on, people. What what are we sitting on our, 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 our arses for here? Why did we sit on our asses for 20 years and not come up with a plan to battle a pandemic? Yeah, there was a national strategic stockpile of gowns and uh, personal protective equipment like gloves, masks, uh, full body uh, protective clothing, you know, for nurses and doctors. Uh, there was even a stash of uh, respirators, which the Obama administration tossed around very loosely uh, to anybody that wanted ventilators during the uh, Ebola but just coming down to it, um, honestly, you know, the, the government's had a long time to come up with a, a real plan for a pandemic. And yes, the riotousness of this year has been related more to police violence, police alleged police brutality. Um, but the fact is that people have been cooped up in houses and out of work and had had time to get pissed off, uh, you know, for quite a while. 
And then, of course, you have Antifa and uh, anarchists and outside instigators uh, also adding to the riot fuel. But th this just boils down to something here. Guys, our government for 20 years failed us. Obama and Biden were in there for eight of those 20 years. Bush was in there for eight of those 20 years. And in three years, two years, yeah, three, 17, 18, 19, three years, Trump was supposed to come up with a plan when this wasn't even on the radar. He's done a great fly by the seat of your pants plan. You know, they've cut out red tape for, you know, vaccines and medicines and put things uh, into trials. And uh, they're actually producing vaccines. And when there's one that proves that it works is, you know, through the final stage of clinical testing, that vaccine will be distributed rapidly to the American people, a hundred million uh, vials of this vaccine will go out to doctors all over the country. And as those hundred million are being produced, more will be produced. You know, or pardon me, as those 100 million are being distributed, more will be being produced. So, you know, it looks favorable. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot on COVID-19. Um, oh, supposedly YouTube will take this video down if I say the name. Uh, not accepting your cookies, you stupid website. If I say Luke Montagenere, Montagenere, Luke Montagenere, the man who discovered HIV. Uh, let me read this real quick. The coronavirus is man-made, according to Luke Montagenari. This is very interesting. I think it's basically been proven by now that it is. But supposedly YouTube and Facebook will take this down if I say Luke Montagenari. The man who discovered HIV. Um, contrary to the narrative being pushed by the mainstream, COVID virus was the result of a natural mutation and that was it was transmitted to humans transferred transmitted to humans from bats via pantalo, pantalogens Dr. Luke Montagenari the man who discovered the HIV virus back in 1983 disagrees and said that the virus was man-made. There's a picture of old Luke. He won a Nobel Prize and stuff. Um, where they make... Okay, in China, in Wuhan, researchers are said to use coronaviruses in their work to develop an AIDS vaccine. HIV RNA fragments are believed to have been found in SARS... CoV-2 genome. Alright, so SARS-CoV-2 is another word for the coronavirus, a, aka COVID-19. 
It has like 70 million different names. At first, the media was calling it the Wuhan virus. But now we're not allowed to say that. We knew that the Chinese version... That the Chinese version of how the coronavirus emerged was increasingly under attack. But there's a new thesis that tells a completely different story about the COVID-19 pandemic. Which is already responsible for more than 110,000 deaths worldwide. Uh, This is an old article from April. The number is much higher than that. According to Professor Luke Montagenari, winner of the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 2008 for discovering HIV as the cause of the AIDS pandemic, together with Francois Bierre Sinanosi, the SARS-CoV-2 is a virus that was manipulated and accidentally released from a laboratory in Wuhan, China, in the last quarter of 2019. Remember I just told you it's called COVID-19 because it was invented in 2019. According to the Professor Montagenari, this lab, known for its work with coronaviruses, tried to use one of the viruses as a vector for HIV and the research for an AIDS vaccine. Now, it's basically been proven and admitted, I think, by China that this came from uh, one of their laboratories. But I just want to see if my video will get uh, censored because I said Luke Montagenari. That's something I heard on another uh, YouTube uh, creator's commentary that you can't say the name of the man who discovered the AIDS virus or pardon me, discovered HIV, and then the HIV transformed into AIDS. Um, so, for some reason you can't say his name because he has this theory, which by now in October, the end of October, has been proven correct. You can't say his name on social media or you get censored. G. Willikers, that's not the America I want to live in. Oh, well, what do you do? What do you do? You play some rock and roll. That's what you do. So, what are we talking about? What, what, what? 
idea of what I'm talking about, even if you probably don't. Just a little, a lot of, little, lot of, whole lot of, cool lot of, about the upcoming election. And I'm going to restate some things I've already stated, but just to save myself time. Uh, did you know, the more you know, remember those old ABC public or NBC public service announcements? The more you know. So, Trump. They say is trailing in fundraising. I don't really think that matters because he's gone from for the next week, less than a week actually, he's gonna be doing three to five rallies a day. Right now he's doing three, but he told his campaign he wants to ramp it up to five. Um, not to mention, you know, Ivanka and Don Jr. Uh, and uh, Melania break break off and do their own uh, rallies and things. Um, I'm a little disappointed I didn't go to the Don Jr. rally in uh, Youngstown, but I thought it was going to be like a huge thing. And I thought it would be, like, difficult to get into. Uh, there was also one in Steubenville that I thought would be hard to, uh, it would be more crowded than it was. And I guess, from what I saw, they weren't super-duper crowded. Uh, I think, I saw a funny, oh, Lord, white people, stop dancing, please. Uh, I saw, uh, I don't know what it was, it was like, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Don Jr.'s girlfriend, started out a Donald Jr. for Donald Trump rally. And she kind of, like, went out on stage, and there was was pretty good music playing. And she was trying to dance to it. That wasn't the worst white person dance I've ever seen, but it wasn't great either. Uh, But anyways... Uh, and the other night, Trump was dancing on stage. <laughs> he's just having fun. And that's where he's his best. That's where he connects with people, uh, is when he's relaxed. Uh, that's how he won the third debate, was he was relaxed and he talked like a normal working person. But uh, I was saying, Trump gets a lot of donations from small donors, the 20 and $50 donor type people, which means his donations are coming from working class people. Um, Biden, on the other hand, for some reason, is getting a lot of donations from Wall Street. Now, now that we've seen some of his shysty business practices come into play, maybe there's a reason to that. Maybe he's more... Uh, connected to Wall Street than what we thought. Uh, a funny thing is, you know, Bernie Sanders, Antifa, and all these uh, 
ultra left wing socialist, uh, I have to call her Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez, uh, who, uh, she, you know, is uh, anti big business, big corporation, but they're backing a candidate who's funded by Wall Street. Now, one reason for this, theorizing myself, uh, Wall Street wants to be on the good side of whoever the president is. So when they thought it was going to be Hillary, their money went to Hillary. Uh, when Joe Biden was up so high in the polls, um, it was thought to be uh, good to be on the good side of Joe Biden, probably. But nonetheless, Trump is proving to be the candidate of the blue-collar working man. And hopefully that spills over because he was not supposed to be popular with uh, suburban housewives. But the matter of a fact is suburban housewives need to know if their husband loses his job, let's say Pennsylvania, where there are 322,000 jobs directly connected to the oil and gas industry, according to uh, an oil, uh, uh, pardon me, an oil and gas article by API by Michael Tadeo, August 1st, 2017, $44 billion in Pennsylvania alone, 44 billion. I'm not mispronouncing it. I'm not misquoting. I'll link the article in the description. 44 billion dollars in the Pennsylvania economy directly from oil and gas. Um, 322,000 jobs, oil and gas industry, Pennsylvania. 10 million jobs, oil and gas industry in America. Okay? That is not including the side jobs, the, the cottage industries, like your, your bakery, your donut shop, your favorite local diner. Okay? And even, you know, the corporate chain restaurants will go out of business. Uh... I mean, we've seen just with this pandemic and the shutdowns of uh, restaurants that, you know, uh, restaurants in areas, restaurants that were struggling in certain areas. Like if your restaurant, for example, was, let's say your company breaks its uh, business down, like you work for um, Golden Corral, one of my favorite slopperies, uh, restaurants, buffets. Um, it, it was struggling in the uh, Youngstown market. So corporate just said, shut it down, you know. Uh, and it, that was actually before the pandemic. So, you know, corporate restaurants will go out of business too. Okay, those are jobs. Those are jobs lost. That's money lost to the economy, to tax. You know, our government has the right to tax us. We need to be taxed to have things like paved roads, police, fire departments, etc. So, 
if that $44 billion leaves the Pennsylvania economy, I would say it would be more like a $100 million loss, just guesstimating, because of all the side jobs that will be lost. Your local mechanic, your, you know, even local Walmart, your, you know, Wendy's, Papa John's, the family-owned uh, restaurants and stores. They live off of that money, too. You know, people have to have jobs. Why would you want to destroy America's energy independence for the first time in 75 years, according to Bloomberg News and Javier Blass from uh, December 6, 2018, United States is energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Why, why do away with that? You do away with that, you give money to other countries, Russia, the Middle East, China, Venezuela. I don't have anything against those countries. I don't have anything against those people. But their governments don't always get along with the United States. The left, like... Congresswoman Cortez, or whatever the hell I'm supposed to call her, AOC, you're pretty, but you're pretty dumb too. They all want to shrink our military. I believe I heard AOC saying, the United States spends more militarily than the next 26 industrialized nations combined. Do you think China, which has already been building up its military, is going to lay down its arms just because the United States does so that we can fund the Green New Deal because we've killed the oil and gas industry in this country? You know, a lobbyist told me uh, pre-Obama uh, when, you know, the Obama platform was uh, renewable energy jobs, Solar, wind, blah, blah, woof, woof. They're coming after the coal industry right now. But their goal is to eliminate all fossil fuels. And that's exactly what Joe Biden said the other night. Okay? But things are changing in this election. Let's move away from talk about oil and gas 7.6 million people watched Tucker Carlson interview Tony Bobolinsky, the business partner of Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. Uh, Linsky was supposed to testify before, let me repeat that, Bobolinsky, okay, that's one name, by the way, Tony Bobolinsky was supposed to testify between two Senate committees, but the interviews were postponed because the FBI wanted him first. So has the crap just gotten real as far as the Biden shady business deals and the Hunter Biden laptop? 
<laughs> I, I reposted a funny meme today. It's uh, President Obama leaning into Vice President Biden's ear. And it reads, My name better not show up on your dumbass kid's laptop. <laughs> that's that's funny to me. I don't care who you are. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, in relation, the last few days, now this whole Biden laptop and email scandal is still new. And I said it's going to be death by a by a thousand cuts. It's not. They're not dumping all the news at once. It's a slow drip, a slow death they're giving the Biden campaign on this. But it seems like it has started to change some people's minds, along with the third presidential debate. I've heard reports from all over the country, those people that voted early, and I doubt these are Trump voters, are calling local boards of election asking to change their vote. You can't do it. Law says once you've made your vote and you've sealed that envelope and you've sent it in, it's done. Now, if you're at the, the voting booth and you make a mistake... You can go and request a new ballot if you're voting in person, be it early or uh, at, on election day. If you make a mistake on your ballot, <coughs> you can walk up to the uh, uh, judges, they're actually called judges, although not law judges, but judges, election officials will call them at the polling location and request a new ballot and they'll go through a process and you'll sign something and they'll throw your old ballot uh, to the side and give you a new ballot but once you put it in that ballot box which is what you're essentially doing when you mail in your ballot or when you go and early vote uh, once you've handed it in to the clerk once you've mailed it in you're done. Sorry. Uh, you know, my, my best friend's cousin's third nephew on his mother's side to his sister's niece to another woman said that a friend of hers told her that uh, my local county board of elections has been getting calls from early voters, uh, vote by mailers, who want to change their vote. Now, this is a, a county that Trump is heavily favored to win. Doubtfully, those are Trump voters. They're people that have seen this Biden laptop scandal and his shady deals. Those are people that watched the third debate and said, Oh, crap, wait a minute. Joe Biden's going to take away my, my husband's new six-figure oil and gas-related job? Oh, my gosh. I, wait a minute here. So, were the Democrats smart? Did they know that there was a possibility of some kind of October surprise or something that could change voters' minds? 
and they tried to stack the vote early. No, they're not that smart. <laughs> okay. The fact of the matter is uh, Democrats have, for the last several election cycles, uh, going back to 2000, especially 2004, they've had a big early voting push, uh, taking busloads of people to the polls. Uh, there was even, it was 2016, last presidential election, they were uh, having like, barbecues in the uh, election board's parking lot and they would bust a load of people in. Ooh, party in the parking lot while you're in line early to go vote early. Wish the Republican Party would do that. I'll take a free hot dog and burnt hamburger any day. Uh, But, you know... The truth is the early voting push was for fear of the pandemic. Um, You know, during the primary elections, a lot of states uh, did go to an all-vote-by-mail primary. Uh, They pushed their primary election date back, but there was no in-person primary here in Ohio. It was all-by-mail. And other states did the same thing as well. Um, now I've been hearing, you know, and I don't know how they, they must be polling people who have voted early, but Trump has a lead in early voting in Florida. Uh, he's picking up ground in in battleground states in the polls. So it's looking a lot like 2016 all over again. We'll see how it plays it out. You know, um, election day is going to be big. Um, I'm challenging all my friends, Republicans, Democrats, just stay home. It's cool. We got this. Uh, we'll, we'll save the Republic and we'll, you know, make the economy great again and all that. Uh, y- y'all just keep your, your, your brain dead, your brain cells that are fighting with each other at, at home on election day. We, we got this. Go vote. Man, I... I've said a long time, I don't care who you're voting for. Exercise your right as an American to vote. But uh, for my Republican friends, I'm challenging everyone to call up five people who you know, are Trump supporters, but maybe not adamant, rabid supporters like myself and my friends. Call five people and take them to the polls. At the very least, send an instant message or a text message. Um, A Facebook post will not work in this scenario. It's got to be a personal contact on election day. Hey, did you go vote? Come on, this is important. And the reason it's important is we want this election, I want this election to be as valid as possible. I want Trump to win the popular votes and the electoral college. I think he's got it in the electoral college. Uh, Things are trending his way in uh, Michigan, which is kind of a micro or macro big. uh, Well, it's just Michigan resembles Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, Indiana. It's got the same demographics, basically. So if he's trending well in 
Pennsylvania, or pardon me, Michigan, he's probably doing well in Ohio and PA. Uh, Ohio, it seems like the Democrats have pulled out, and Trump is still having a presence here. Uh, he was in here, uh, did a rally with the governor, who's Governor Mike DeWine, who's not real popular right now because he's taken a, a pretty hard stance on uh, the virus lockdowns and mandates and things, but Mike does the best he can. Um, you know, Trump was here. Donald Jr. was here twice. Um, I'm waiting for Ivanka and Melania to come. To, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> but anyways, uh, waiting for them to come to Ohio. I would definitely go to see Melania and, and or Ivanka at a rally. Um, so anyway, but that's how it is. Uh, I think the Democrats, before the pandemic, the Democrats had given up on Ohio already. Uh, then, you know, because of circumstances, they thought they could win Ohio. Now I've heard they've pulled out of Ohio. Uh, but Trump was here the other day uh, himself for a couple rallies. And then his family's been doing rallies here as well. Uh, but Pennsylvania seems right now like the, the fight is on for Pennsylvania. Trump flipped it red in 2016. Uh, but it looked like it was trending towards Biden. Not because he lived in Scranton when he was two years old and hasn't lived there since. But because um, the liberal base there. But uh, when he made that comment about phasing out oil and natural gas. I think that won it for Trump in Pennsylvania. Uh, and new Republican voter registration is way up in Pennsylvania, uh, much more than the Democrats, new Democrat registration. But we'll see. The only poll that matters is the one November 3rd, guys. You got to get out there. You got to take a friend to the polls. Take a friend to the polls. Take a friend to the polls day. Make it, a, make it fun, man. Have a party. You know, you can have like up to 10 people in your crib on election day. Get, you know, Bust out the sauce, you know, the booze, the liquor, the moonshine, the white lightning, and, uh, you know, have a, have a big old day on election day, man. You know, have a, a cookout or a cook-in, depending on the weather, order pizza. I know I, I am. I'm staying in the house. I'm doing uh, live updates on Big John's political op-ed on Facebook. Uh, I'll do a lot of tweeting. Maybe do some tweeter videos, um, and so on and so forth that day. Um, so, I might turn my Uber app on and do some Ubering locally. locally. So, anyhow, peace out guys. I love y'all. God bless you. Pray for each other. This is the end of the podcast and the vid video. We'll see y'all next time. Pray for each other in the meantime. Wherever you're watching this from, pray for your, your government leaders. Whether you like them personally or like their policies, we all need Jesus. God loves you and he sent his son to die for you. So, remember that.
There is a God and there is a Savior and His name is Jesus. Thank you all. I'll see you the next time.